Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you and praise you for this message. Father, we pray that it will not return void, but it will accomplish what you sent it to do. Father, we pray for open hearts and minds as your word goes forth, that it will root and ground in everyone's hearts, Father, and the believers will grow from it, and we give you the praise and honor and the glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. So uh, three old guys were in a boat fishing one day, and an angel appeared. And, and it's not biblically correct. It's a joke, and if y'all laugh or not, it doesn't matter. But anyway, so an angel appeared and told each of the guys, tell me what's wrong with you, and if I touch you, I'll heal you. And the first guy said, man, my back has hurt for years and years. And the angel touched him, and his back was healed. And the second guy turned around, and he had Coca-Cola bottom glasses, and he was like, I mean, obviously, I, the angel touched him, and he was healed. The fourth guy said, whoa, 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 whoa. The angel said, what? He said, uh, I'm on disability. I get paid to fish. Don't touch me. <laughs> like I said, you can laugh or not. It don't matter. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I'm still waiting on jokes. So anybody, anytime. Hey, let me tell y'all. You know what the hardest thing I do all Sunday morning is? Is try to stand here and not look ridiculous while they're waiting to point at me. Because I don't know when the camera's supposed to start or not. All right. So what we're going to. <clears throat> just being honest. So what we're going to talk about today is uh, spiritual warfare. It, we are currently in spiritual warfare. Now, whether you believe that or not, it really doesn't matter. Um, but, but our country is, is enveloped in it. It is in the battlefront of spiritual warfare. It is a fight of good and evil. And it is constant bombarding, ongoing and there's nothing you can do to stop the war from taking place. Every day closer to Jesus coming back, the war will continue to ramp up and grow, and, and, and it'll be more uh, <clears throat> attacks. And, and, and I mean, and you can look at it. You can, you can turn on social media. You can put on the news or, or whatever, and you can see the attacks on the, on the children and on the, the babies and on the sanctity of marriage and on the church and I mean it, it just it is what it is and I'm not a doomsday preacher y'all know me better than that and I'm not going to you know harp on what what's going on but we have to understand what's taking place because you're in it could you imagine like let's say the United States of America like gather together some recruits and they're going to be soldiers and, and with zero training and zero equipment we just shoveled them into, um, into a battle. How, how good do you think we survive in that? I mean, we've already been in some very bloody battles in this country's history, right? As we fought for freedom around the world, with, you know, when we stormed a beach in Normandy and in, in, in Vietnam, and some of those battles are, are atrocious. I mean, huge casualties. But how about if they wouldn't have been trained? Or they didn't have the proper tools? Or they didn't know what they were supposed to be doing? And nobody was a commanding officer. How much worse would the casualties be? Well, see, as, as the body of Christ, we seem to be, we have a large group of people that are in the, in the battle, they're just walking aimlessly through the middle of it. And, and I want to say friendly fire probably kills as many as the enemy, but that's probably not all the way true. The, the, Jesus said the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. 
So if you are in a battle and your enemy's goal is to kill, to steal, and to destroy, then maybe you ought to be prepared enough to understand that, number one, you are in the battle, and number two, you have some stuff that goes with the battle, right? You should not be untrained and uneducated. All right, so we're going to start in Ephesians. I mean, that's kind of the place to start when you talk about spiritual warfare, right? Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power and put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities and against powers of the dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. So, pause. So we are finding... There's, there's a little... Uh, I don't know if you'd call it an inspirational quote or not, but there's a little thing on the internet right now, and it's about a jar with 100 ants in it. Anybody seen that? They put a 50 red ants and 50 black ants in a jar. They live pretty much in harmony. They don't, they don't fight at all. And if you shake the jar hard enough, all of a sudden the red ants and the black ants start attacking each other because they think what they can see is what they are fighting. See, and you would say, well, we're smarter than ants. We're really not. <laughs> we're really not. You have people in your life that bother you, that harass you, that attack you, or you think they do, and they can't be that smart. Your adversary of humans aren't that smart. But we don't fight against flesh and blood. It is not people that we are against. It is against demons and powers of the dark world and rulers and spiritual places, right? It is Satan and his army of demons that fight against us. That is the constant struggle that we battle against. And I didn't make that up. Because our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against what you can see. It's against what you can't see. And the problem is, is as Christians... We have to be more understanding of the world, the how it happens around us. With the attacks that come against us, with the things that happen around us, with sickness and disease, with people who come up against us, we give all of those stuff way too much credit, right? The sickness and disease part, let's just go there, right? That is absolutely a manifestation of demonic forces on the planet. Sickness and disease is not of God. It has never been of God. James says, don't think that God could tempt anyone with evil. That's not how he does business. It doesn't say what we struggle against God and his forces. For we struggle against, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers and authorities in the dark, Right? Now, I've used this example a bunch of times, but I, it, it fits so well in this conversation that it's, 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 it, you can't preach this without talking about it. Years ago when we had small groups or home groups or family groups or whatever you want to call them, Bible studies basically, <clears throat> we had a pretty good group of folks that spent time with us at our house, so Crystal and I and, and Lane and Kim Hoffman and, and Bridget and and a handful of other folks, right? We rotated people in and out over time. But Lane and Kim were satisfied 
that they were the only people who fought on Sunday morning. None of y'all fought this morning, right? You didn't get up this morning and fuss and fight this morning. Somebody didn't do something to just make you mad for no apparent reason. Something that wouldn't make you mad on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday. But just on Sunday morning, it just hits different. I'm tired of you doing that. Why can't I ever have clean this? Why does everything always happen like this? See, I mean, I wasn't at your house, so if you, if you did fight this morning, you can just smile and laugh and pretend like it was somebody else, and it'd be okay. But what we do is, and Lane and Kim, Lane and Kim is a perfect example. Lane would say, we fuss and fight and argue and fuss and fight and argue, and we can't be happy, and everything's wrong. I hate you, and I hate you, and I don't know what's wrong, until we made the decision that we're not going to church today. And then all of a sudden, everything was okay, and you didn't bother me as much as I, you used to bother me. I don't hate your face, and maybe I do love you, and maybe we could just go to lunch, and we won't have to go to church and put up with that craziness. See, church is imperative for the Christian. It is so important for the Christian to come here and to fellowship and to learn and to study and worship God. It is important for the Christian Think about this. Think about if you played on this team, right? Let's say you played on a team. I know y'all hate softball, but let's say you played on a softball team or a cheerleading team. We'll, we'll, we'll pick on Mary Page today. She's graduating. We'll, we cheerleading team. And you skip cheerleading practice this week and next week and the next week. And then you showed up to the cheerleading event pretending like you knew what everybody else was supposed to do. Y'all ever seen cheerleading on a high level? They run and jump and flip and yell and scream and then they throw people up in the air and hold people up in the air, stand up in the air. I mean, you, I mean, you think that takes some practice? Michael was talking about cutting cartwheels down the thing, man. They run across the thing, cartwheel and double back flips and all the stuff and run and jump. And then that didn't even like, they don't even like clap for that part. That's just part of the regular part. That, that's supposed to happen. And then five or six will run that way, and they'll do their cartwheels and flips and tucks and backhand springs and whatever. But can you imagine if you just showed up to the competition and you hadn't practiced? What would you look like? I know what I would look like. Y'all doing a good job. I'm standing over here on the side. But you can't stand on the side. You have to be in the middle of the scrum. You have to be in the middle of the stuff. It'd be like walking to the line in football and not knowing the snap count. Practice prepares us to compete. Church prepares us to survive in a world that we don't belong in. That we war not against flesh and blood, but we're being constantly bombarded in our attack with what we see and what we hear and what we taste and what we smell. Everything is an attack against you. And this is not the evils of pop music. But really, have you seen any pop music lately? They are openly worshiping the devil on stage. I mean, in fact, if you like Google what devil worship looks like and you compare some of that stuff to what they're putting on the TV, you can flop the images and you can't tell the difference. I mean, they gave Elvis a fit for... <laughs> These people, this... This ain't even nothing, Neil. 
We're, 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 we're in a battle. We're being attacked. And what is that silly movie where they put the blindfold on and walk around where they don't see anything? That's how most Christians think we survived this. Oh, if I don't talk about it, maybe the devil will leave me alone today. Maybe I'll be okay. I'll just walk over here. We are involved whether you want to be involved or not. We are called according to a purpose. We represent the King of kings and Lord of lords. We are the hands and feet of Christ. We are not to sit down and put our, sit on our hands and keep our mouth shut. We are in attack. We're being attacked. The Christian family is being attacked. The biological family is being attacked. The young people are under attack. They are constantly bombarded with all of this trash. And I know we say it as a joke, but how many of y'all are glad we didn't have video cameras that would haunt us for the rest of our lives? I mean, because I'd have heard some of the stories of some of the dumb stuff y'all done, and I can't even begin to talk about some of the dumb stuff I've done. But we, everything is under such scrutiny and such attack that we're trying to cancel or to call out or to cast down. You ever notice how they're not doing that against the people who are doing really terrible things? You, the people who line up with the, the world's perspective, let's say. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox and go back to preaching. <clears throat> All right. So, 13, therefore, put on the whole armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, that you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, stand. Now, I'm not going into 14 to talk about the entire armor of God, and that is a separate sermon. I hope we're not going to talk about that today. That might be next week or the next week. But today, we're just talking about we are in a, we are in a battle, right? And that we have to put on this armor of God to protect us against this battle, Okay? Now, there's some things about this battle that you should know. Um, 2 Corinthians, I hope I got them in order today. I got sidetracked talking this morning while I was doing, I know y'all don't believe that, while I was doing my notes, and I hope I put all these back in the right order. 2 Corinthians, chapter 10. Hold on. Oh, it's not 14, it's 4. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. <clears throat> When we are going about our daily life, when we make decisions, we should think about everything that we're doing and we compare it to what the Bible says. Now, that is not an easy thing to do. I know sometimes you think, well, I don't have to worry about God today because today I'm just working on whatever. But that's not really true. We are constantly involved in this skirmish 
this, this skirmish, this fight, this war that's happening around us. And we have to be very careful when we allow ourselves to be submitted and subjected to stuff that does not line up with the Bible. And, and I know you think, well, then you're just being an old fuddy-dud. I get it. I understand. But we really, really have to look. It, it, it's the fourth quarter, man. It, it, it's, it's getting tougher and tougher and tougher. We, we really have to be really careful of how we talk and how we, where we go and what we allow ourselves to be involved in. It, it is at a critical point in time right now that this battle is going on around us. And it's not of this world. See, I, I had a vision. Michael's talking about having a vision. I had a vision one time. And it was about this sermon. It wasn't this time. It was about this sermon. I, I preached this sermon before. And, and it, was, it was time froze. And there was a zipper. You could reach and grab the zipper. And you could take the zipper all the way down. And if you look through the zipper, you could see reality in the spiritual realm. You could see the, the demonic activity and the attacks that were happening, not, not, not in this realm, not in this light, not with your pretty clothes on, not with your smiling face. You could see the spiritual realm. <clears throat> and it looked like the worst war scene you have ever seen with smoke and blood and people falling down and people toting these things around on them, right? That it was just awful. It was awful. It was awful. And then you could zip it back up and see reality, and it looked like this. And you could unzip it and see the war that was taking place around us, the war that comes against us. And I know we don't walk around thinking, you know, God, I understand. I'm walking, no. what I say? Through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil. Everything is wonderful and great. But we do, on a daily basis, walk through the battlefield that's taking place around us. And we don't know what people are going through. You don't know what's attacking them. You don't know what kind of battles they're fighting. You don't know where they've been. You don't know what's going on. And so it's tough, right? It's tough to be a Christian and to always be the light into the world and always be the representative of Christ and always stand your ground on your morals and never allow yourself to be moved left or right, right? James says that anybody that's like the wind that's blown here and there, right? We don't want to be cold and then hot. We want to stand firm, hot for God all the time. Because let me tell you, there are times where you have opportunity to fit in Blend in, and that might cost you somebody's soul, right? That might cost us an opportunity to be a witness to them. So, so it's hard. It's hard to, to be set aside. But God has set us aside. We are in the ambassadors of Christ, right? And we are in this war, and everybody that you know is in this war, whether they believe it or not, whether they think this is all hocus-pocus or not, right? That... that <clears throat> I saw a silly guy this week, and he had um, one of my bites in, in two cans, right? He had two Mountain Dew cans, and, and one was open and, and empty, and one was full, right? And he had the two Mountain Dew cans, and he, he set them both on the ground, and he stepped on the one that was open and empty. And what did it do? It crushed, right? 
And then he stood on the one that was full and sealed. See, that's the difference from a non-believer being empty and a believer being full of the Holy Spirit. We're under the same pressure. It's under the same attack. The same enemy comes against us. But without the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, we are crushed easily. But when we walk around with the power of God that lives on the inside of us, regardless of the war that is taking place around us, we are full and sealed with the Holy Spirit. We stand up under the wiles of the devil, right? Even if you read further in Ephesians 6, it says that the quench, the fiery darts of the wicked one. What does quench mean? It means to put it out, right? It doesn't say dodge the fiery darts of the wicked one. It's not that you're not being attacked. It's that when the attack comes, right, that we stand and stand firm in God's word. All right. Feel like I'm losing you. I got to come back. <clears throat> Here's why it's important. First Peter. <clears throat> First uh, Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Be alert and of sober mind, for your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, stand firm in faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of suffering. You are not by yourself. The entire body of Christ is coming under the same scrutiny. We're under the same attack. We walk through the same battlefield. Here again, some Christians want to walk through it like this. I don't see no devil. We have to understand who we are, where we are, and what's going on around us. If given the opportunity, Satan would just as soon crush you like that empty can. <clears throat> the benefit that we have, not including the full armor of God, is that the power of God that went into death and hell and threw back death and hell and raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of us. Now, previous to uh, Jesus dying on the cross, the power of God was toting in a gold box. Everybody remember that story, right? That the power of God, the Holy Spirit, lived in the golden ark of the covenant, right? And they toted this ark everywhere they went. Anybody know what happened when they went into battle toting the ark of the covenant? They won. Over and over and over. The power of God is undefeated. So here's the thing, right? We tote the power of God on the inside of us, but sometimes we act like we have been defeated. Sometimes we, we miss the part of... <clears throat> um, flip with me to the little John. It, it, it shouldn't be far from, from Peter. Uh, little John, 1 John 4, 4. 
So 1 John 4, 4, you dear children are from God and you have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from that viewpoint and the world listens to them, but we are from God. You know the difference of having the authority of your human self versus toting the authority of the living God? It, it is not even comparable. It, it is so far apart, it is like the empty can in the full can. But we walk around with the full spirit of God on the inside of us. And our enemy has already been defeated. I know I've told this story a couple times too, right? And I sound like granddaddy, I've got to quit doing that. You go back and watch the old football games where we come back and, and win on the last second. And watching it, it was terrifying. But after you knew we win, pretty enjoyable. Oh, look, they're celebrating. They think they're going to win, but we really win. See, that's kind of where we should be right now. I know we win. I already read all the way to the back of the book. I know that throughout history that we won. It's never been a question mark if we win or not. We win. God triumphs. Sometimes we get so bogged down in our day-to-day -day life worrying about what's going on around us that we're so blind to the idea of what's taking place around us that we forget sometimes that God wins. It's a lot more fun knowing that you win. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Run, keep on going. We win. The power of God lives on the inside of us, and we are in this battle. <clears throat> Hosea says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And then, then look, I, I want you to come to church because I don't like pre preaching to an empty church. But that's really not it. That's, that's Robbie personal. God wants you in church because you need to know what God needs you to know because he wants this knowledge to be built into you to where when we stand against the devil that we understand what's taking place and who's doing what and what's going on. That knowledge is imperative because sometimes, sometimes, y'all ever seen anybody like when things got really tough We'll, we'll talk about sports. When the game got really tough and stuff just started happening, and, and you ever see anybody quit? Not like quit the team, just quit. Like to quit trying? See, if you're a Christian and you don't know all the stuff that we're supposed to know, and you don't know that greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world, if, he don't, if you don't know that he's going to make my enemies a footstool, if you don't know that we've been redeemed and bought back by the blood of the Lamb, sometimes when things get tough, it gets real easy to think about quitting. How do you lose something that you've already won? quit. The only way you lose in this deal is to quit. I don't feel like trying anymore. I'm not going to church anymore. 
I'd have been ridiculed enough. I don't care if they all go into hell. It's not a hard thing to think. It's not a hard thing to say. It's like Lane and Kim, right? It's so tough right up until the point that when you just say, I quit. But we're in the battle. It's taking place around us. And you're winning. We winning. We gonna win. And let's say I quit. And then when you quit, hmm, you never start back. I don't care. You can quit and then try again. And the next time you quit, oh, and then the next time you quit, and then you just quit trying. But we had to be bolstered and built up with the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of us, understanding that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And sometimes I think we take that to extremes. Like I think sometimes y'all are like, I can wake up on time Monday morning and get dressed to church, get dressed to go to work because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I don't really think that's how that scripture was meant. We are in the battle. And we had to be better prepared as, as uh, enemy combatants, as warriors of Christ. We had to be better prepared for what's taking place around us. That we are not led like lambs to the slaughter. That we're not willing to quit on what's already won. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your word, Father. We thank you for your spirit that lives on the inside of us, Father. We thank you for everything that you've done for us, for the forgiveness of our sins, and we just give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.